like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are on week three of Through the Cracks, um, almost the last week, uh, almost last week of 2020, as uh, it's December, and we are halfway through the month, a little over. We're recording, going to be talking about the movie Holiday, a Netflix original from 2020, one film that, you know, realistically, probably could have slipped through the cracks and no one would have cared, but I picked it for whatever reason. I like rom-coms. Emma Roberts is a good actress who keeps picking mediocre movies, but you know what? There's only so many jobs. We take what we can get. Sometimes our jobs seem good. It turns out they're horrible. Who knows? That said, uh, before we get into our review of Holiday, we like to catch up with how we've been since the last time we recorded and what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine, Fine I guess. You know, everything sucks. But it's going to eventually be 2021, and we'll find out. No matter. If it's going to be better or not, you know? I mean, who knows? Um... I'm just, everyone's like, oh, 2021, the year's going to be over. And I'm like, I don't really think that things are going to change that much. Maybe like halfway through the year, once a lot of people are vaccinated. Or well, something. the second, know. today, the second vaccine was approved. So now <clears throat> there will be two different companies making vaccines. So that's good news because that increases the amount of vaccines that will become available. But uh, obviously more people have to be willing to get it. Um, and that's going to be an issue for sure. We already have heard a lot of people claiming they're not going to get it and um, things like that. Uh, so who knows? Um, I'm going to get it for sure. I am. I, I will take it right now at this point. I just want to uh, to be normal and hopefully that will be normal at some point. But, you know, um, who knows? Uh, that's kind of what's funny about this episode. This through the cracks is because there weren't as many movies out this year to slip through our fingertips we still missed a bunch of movies that i think in hindsight i'm not sure why i went with this one to be real like it's not i don't think this is a bad movie i want to say that up front it's just not it's not a substantial movie i don't even think netflix thought it was a substantial movie this is a movie that was there just for entertainment it's there for fluff there were movies that i was much more excited about that i did not see this year that for some reason did not cross my mind when we were planning this list, which I think kind of consolidates the end of this year. My brain is fried. I am done. Uh, I am overdone. I am a turkey that nobody basted. I am dry. I am the National Lampoon's turkey. If you've seen Christmas Vacation, if you cut me open, I'm pretty sure it would just pop. So I am ready for this year to freaking end. Um, and in, in some ways, that's kind of why I'm glad I picked the movie that we were, we were going to be talking about tonight, because it, it is so like slight and easy and just what it is. It's not trying to do anything more than its title. It literally says the title of the movie probably 25 times in this movie. <laughs> in case you forget. <laughs> in case you didn't know what you were watching, they will remind you, um, which will, this isn't even the review portion, but I'm so just like, I don't know what I'm doing, listener. Today has been an excessively long day. This week has been an excessively long week. Christmas is one week from today. It doesn't feel like it. 
It does not feel like it, Corey, at all. And our our we have these new intercom systems. I think I might have even talked about them on the podcast. They have like an LED screen that displays the time, and they have like they can put graphics. And our tech guys have been having a lot of fun with them. And every class period, the beginning of class, they played Christmas music today, built into the intercom, automatic kind of thing. And it still did not feel like Christmas. I heard multiple Christmas songs. I've listened to many, many Christmas albums. I've watched most of the Christmas movies that I would watch every year. And nothing about right now feels like Christmas. And that is a shame because I am a Christmassy person. I like Christmas. I embrace the holiday. And it doesn't feel like it. And I can't do anything but blame 2020. This year has taken so much from me. If I, I am pretty sure for the first time in my human life that I've experienced what a dog must feel like, because I'm pretty sure seven years have passed. Oh, no. And I started this year at 37, and I'm pretty sure I'm 44. Like, oh, 37. Oh, my God, guys. I can't do maths. Mm. Also been a long the day. The maths are hard. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, I am wearing my uh, the child socks. Um, one of two pairs that I have because I have way too much the child merchandise from Disney. Um, and today was the season finale of Mandalorian season two. I liked it. And I think that leads into what we've been watching. So I watched the Mandalorian today, Corey. I'll tell you everything else I've been watching since the last time we recorded. Why not? Why not? Go for it. Um, I want to really on a bright side. Uh, and this is kind of what I'm talking about though. This movie came out this year and it could have been our actually, Depending on where you look, it's officially released 2020, but technically it released in 2019. But it's called Sound of Metal. It stars Riz Ahmed. Um, it is the interesting thing about this movie, Corey. I don't know. I've, I've told you to watch it, but um, its story is by Derek C. on France, who we watched his film uh, The Light Between Oceans and Blue Valentine. Oh, yeah. And uh, you got first turned me on to uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Um, and so he wrote the story for Sound of Metal, like I think in 2009, I want to say. And um, he was talking with Darius Martyr, who Darius Martyr wrote The Place Beyond the Pines um, with Cian France. So they'd work together, they're friends, and uh, Martyr loved the story, and France gave him the, uh, like, I'm never going to direct this, you take it. And so he did his debut with this story and wrote the screenplay. So, like, Cian France had, like, the, usually a story credit means, like, I talk to you. I'm like, so this happens, and the guy does this, and this, and this, and this. But uh, Martyr writes the screenplay. Um, this movie is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's going to probably end up in my top 50 because it, it resonates with me on such a, a personal level. And I just think it, it's one of those movies that um, I've sat now for almost a week since I watched it. And the more I think about it and I can't stop thinking about it, the more I love it. And um, I, I'm, I'm telling everybody, this is one of those times where like, I recommend a lot of movies to people because I see so many and I want to talk about them and people haven't seen them. So I'm like, well, you must watch it so we can talk. This is a movie that I'm like begging that people watch. I, I just think it needs to be seen. I don't think it will work for everyone, but when it does work for someone, I think it will work on an extremely big way. And I want everyone to see it. Um, so that I watched last Saturday and Matt and I did our episode of the bloody awesome movie podcast on Tuesday. And that dropped on Wednesday um, with us talking about it. And it was the first uh, written review I've done since August. Oh, wow. I've been, I took some time off from writing just because my brain couldn't handle it. Um, but this movie and another film that I'll talk about in a second prompted me to want to write uh, reviews because I just was like, I had things to say. 
And so I think that's going to be my new philosophy moving forward. If I feel compelled to say something about a movie, I will write a review. Um, but if I don't, then I'm not gonna, cause if, if I don't feel like I have anything to contribute that's worth reading, then why bother? You know, like that's not good for the movie. It's not good for me. Um, why waste my time sitting at a blank screen going, I don't know what to say about this movie. Then don't say anything, right? That's what the, that's what we're told. We tell kids, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. I'm not saying I won't criticize harshly, but if I have like nothing either way, if it's just like a neutral, like vanilla review, then why bother? Who, who wants to read that? Um, but I watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the uh, Ron Howard film, because I love that movie and I can't help it. Uh, I watched Robert Zemeckis' Beowulf. Just to, I have one more Robert Zemeckis movie to watch, which is Flight. It's the only other Zemeckis film I've not seen. Um, then uh, the movie I got to see kind of out of nowhere, it was at a, I think it was playing on a virtual festival that um, Big Tuna got me a ticket for. It's called One Night in Miami. It's a stage play, uh, but it was the directorial debut of Regina King. She's, you know, pretty famous actress she won an oscar for supporting actress like a year or two ago and um this is her directorial debut and i didn't know what this movie was and when i started watching i got really excited because it's in the vein of things i've been watching and teaching um because the movie has four main characters and these main characters are very famous people cassius clay who would become muhammad ali malcolm x sam cook and jim brown the nfl superstar um and uh it's based on a true event where these four guys were in Miami together um, to, to watch Cassius's championship fight against Sonny Lister. The fictional part of the movie is the conversations that are happening in the room. Um, but man, what a movie. I, I was so sucked into this film and just really into the dialogue. And I loved Regina King's visual style was really, really compelling. She does some great stuff. Um, I, the performances are outstanding. It stars uh, Benadir, uh, Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr., which Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cooke. And if you're not familiar with Leslie Odom Jr., he is in Hamilton as, um, oh boy, the guy that Hamilton's feuding with. I cannot suddenly, uh, Aaron Burr. Is that right? That's not right. It's something like that. Is it Aaron Burr? I don't know. Guys, again, brain is fried. I'm the turkey. I'm done. Um, but it's it's just such a amazing film. It's a, I believe it's going to be on Prime in January. So One Night in Miami, keep that on your watch list. It is definitely worth checking out, especially um, if you are uh, compelled by the civil rights movement and the, the things going on at that time. Um, I had just taught Malcolm X, the Spike Lee film starring Denzel Washington as Malcolm X. So when I went into this movie and realized it was Malcolm X, I was like, oh, there's no way this poor, this guy... Uh, Kingsley Benadir is going to have any chance to stand up to Denzel Washington playing the same guy he does. And that's what's even more mind blowing because um, it does not take away from Denzel's performance, but this guy brings something to the performance that I was just really impressed with. Um, and then I watched holiday. Uh, I also finished Titans season two, which is the, uh, all the Titans. Finally, I was very happy to be done with that. Um, I finished uh, Dash and Lily on Netflix, which is a really fun little uh, romantic comedy, like Christmas TV series. And I watched the first episode of The Queen's Gambit. Oh. Have you watched that? No. It's real good. Um, it, it Anya Taylor-Joy is just such a freaking professional. She's so impressive. And really, episode one, she's not in it very much uh, because it's like a flashback episode to like young, young version. But the kid they got playing her is also really, really good. So um, I am very compelled by it and uh, I see why everyone was buzzing about it. So I'm going to try to get through the rest of it. It is a little long and it's definitely um, 
don't know how they did that, but it's pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, that's that's what I've been watching. What about you, Corey? Oh God. Um. So I watched the episode of the Christmas movies that made us on Elf. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it was really funny. Bill and I were both laughing. Uh, and we had just we watched Elf on Saturday. Um, not Bill, but me and my family because we did our Christmas cookie baking. Uh, yep. And guys, all day, <clears throat> I don't know how I come away and like from that and not have diabetes or like at least a sugar coma. But here we are. Um. Then I made the unfortunate mistake. Bill doesn't like to, doesn't pick a lot of movies, you know? So when he wants to see a movie, we go for it. He wanted to watch Fat Man, which oh, someone... Yeah, I was wondering why. Yeah. Mm, someone told him that it was funny. He watched mm. the trailer. It still seemed funny. Like, oh, it's not going to take itself too seriously. I just... I'm always so confused when movies just don't even know what tone they're going for either. Mm-hmm. Like, it was horrible. I would put it right there with Mean Time. Like, as as bad as I hated it. Um, oh, so terrible. Um, and then I've been watching The Office. I think I'm almost done. I'm probably going to cry. We need to buy it on Voodoo. It's on sale. It's leaving soon. Yes. Um, I was wondering why we purchased Fat Man because I was like, "Are you are you a Big Mel Gibson fan?" Like, no. Like, at one point, I, I mean, was, okay. but I because liked him before the whole. You know, he went crazy. Yeah. Well, my my reasoning was, if it's an okay movie, it's seven dollars to rent it. It's ten dollars to buy it. True. So that was my rash me rationalizing the situation. And then I don't know how I made it through. You know, I don't know. I just couldn't handle it. It's terrible. No one wastes your time. I don't care who tells you it was good. It's all stories. I mean, yeah, I, I one of my uh, the final projects, um, final projects is strong, but the, the, fi- the project they were working on this week before we went on break, uh, I was trying to make it a little light, but also very, very relevant to the world of movies right now, which, so I had them read an article about like uh, the few, there was an article, an editorial written about the future of cinema after COVID-19, right? like what's going to change. And then I had them read the article about HBO Max getting all the, the same theatrical releases uh, for Warner Brothers at the same day on HBO Max. And, um, and then I talked about, you know, how this could impact the industry and all of that based on my own information and all uh various podcasts that i listen to like slash film who's been speculating about things and every film person is talking about this right this is it's it's on the tip of our not to it's it's our world is like in in flux right now we don't know what it's going to look like and it's all scary for people who are you know this is our the thing we do and um with that so like they were now looking forward to 2021 and they had to pick five movies that they were excited about for 2021 and do an infographic that we're going to print out and put on the bulletin board in my hallway. Cause we have like two bulletin boards in the hallway where I can like show student work. And um, I like to use it to promote film as much as their work. Right. So they had to like, you know, gather some information, get some movie posters, uh, write what, what it was about this film that caught their attention. And uh, the other thing I had them do was look back at this year. If they had seen at least five movies that were from 2020, that they were going to make like a top five list of the best that they saw, or, if they hadn't seen five movies from 2020, 
that the five movies they saw for the first time this year. And then I even opened it up a little bit where they could use TV shows if they hadn't seen movies. Cause I'm trying to be fair. Cause not everybody watches a lot of movies kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I have seen 103 movies that were released in 2020 this year. And I went to two film festivals Damn. virtually in order to get that number that high. Otherwise I don't think I'd even be close. Um, so, you know, I was giving them the flexibility and like some of the movies that they pick as their best of, Oh, they, they, some of them hurt. Some it, well, of them hurt. I mean, I, I feel like there are a lot of things that go into that though. Like, did they not see a lot of movies outside of those, you know? Well, possibly. And that is, that is fair. Um, cause that is what I say. Like if you only saw five then, but, but in their written words, I get to see if it's just <laughs> the best of what they saw versus the, uh, no, I think this is great. Like. Some of them are movies that, like, if you were to go back, because, again, some of them are older movies because I let them do the, the first time they saw it this year, right? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, some of them are movies, like, if you went and read my review, it was like, I gave it, like, a half a star, and they're like, this is a five-star best movie. And I'm like, oh, guys, come on, please. And, again, every movie is subjective, and every movie yeah. is, you know, we're going to find our taste. Not Fat Man. And, but, yeah, not Fat Man. I, I will probably watch it eventually, but I'm not in any rush. Although, I am trying to check off those 2020 movies that I haven't seen. And that oh. is, like, I'm pretty sure, a 2020 movie. I'm pretty um, sure it is, too. But I just feel like you should watch anything else released this year before that one. I will do that if I can. I So, here, I'm sorry. I feel like we're not going to have a whole lot to say about our movie of the week. But that could just be me. Um, it's not really. No, it's not. It's not, you know. It, it changed my whole outlook on life. And no, uh, what were you going to say? No, 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 no. So is it Warner movies that are being released to HBO Max? So AT&T owns Time Warner. Time okay. Warner owns Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers, or one of them owns HBO <sighs> collectively. So they're all under the same AT&T brand now. So yes. Okay, because the only movie that I'm sad about the only movie I'm sad about that I can even think of right now is A Quiet Place 2. Dune's on that list. Okay, I'm okay, that's fair. But but uh, they are still getting a theatrical release. Where? My theaters are closed and I wouldn't go anywhere. Okay. Have you heard about Idaho? Right. That is true but keep like i don't think a quiet place isn't for a few more months if i'm not mistaken so their vaccine is is possible i thought that they hadn't released and it hadn't announced a new release date um i'm pretty sure everything has one now um i can pull it up hang on um (gasps) yeah march 8 2020 oh no that says new york city says april 23rd 2021 yeah that's the release date april 23rd how had i not Um, heard that guys i love killian they they kind of dropped them all at once. Um, oh. and, and again, keep in mind, all of that is subject to change uh, completely. Yeah. Um, what what could happen, even though Warner Brothers has said that they're going to give us a whole year worth of movies on HBO Max, that could change. Um, there are some some agencies are suing Warner Brothers because they did not. <laughs> well, you got okay. So directors and actors can that take a, a a lower pay cut up front for a uh, share of the box office, right? Mm. So if you take a pay cut and you're anticipating a box office and suddenly the box office is going to be shredded because the theatrical release is going to simultaneously be released with a streaming service, 
you are probably not going to see your money. And uh, Gail Godot and Patty Jenkins, when Wonder Woman was the first movie to do this, right? They yeah. were asked first. They were offered $10 million each to compensate for that loss and also to uh, basically bribe them to be positive about this you know, same-day release. That is in an article I read, not my opinion. That is literally the wording of the article that they were Ooh, asked bribe. to say like positive things. Not the word bribe, but to say positive things. It is a bribe. Like You can't yeah. deny it. I'm giving you $10 million. Please say nice things. That is a bribe by definition. I, and I just, we know how much money the first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman made. Mm. So I don't know what kind of cut they get, but 10 million might not even probably like, not. handle and, to that. Um, it would be a small cut, mind you, because that money goes to like the studio and everything. But still, they probably would have made that or more. But, but every other movie that, and that's every movie for 2021 from Warner Brothers, it's 17 movies, if I'm not mistaken. Um, were not asked they were not compensated oh. and so a, a lot of their talent agencies are are threatening to sue or are going to sue so there's a chance warner's going to backpedal on this or might legally have to backpedal on this um you would think that they would have at least had to have a conversation and write out a new um new contract possibly. because but there's no precedent for this that's the problem this has never been a thing and so we don't know um there, there's no way i mean the calculations are are very simple to like start to see how this could the the simplest impact think of a five family home uh is that right five, not five family five person family home in a home if they all went to see wonder woman in the theater at let's say 15 dollars a ticket that's 75 dollars if they pay for one hbo subscription they can all see that same movie for 15 dollars not to mention, they could also see every other movie released that month for that $15. Where if they went and saw every movie in the theater, that's $75 times 4 times 5 depending on the month. So the money loss is just at that, just looking at one family, is significant. Now multiply that times, you know, a million tickets. It's a huge financial loss. With There's no way you're going to make the money you would make in a box office with a subscription service because of that shared aspect alone, right? That's not counting people who share accounts between multiple houses, which I'm sure we're going to probably see a crackdown on that where they're going to start enforcing like simultaneous streaming or something like that. Well, uh, they might start checking IP addresses to see if you're in the same region. Um, there's, there's going to have to be, if they're going to try to like make any type of profit, they will have to enforce that you can't have one subscription shared against 20 households or whatever, because they're not going to make any money on this. It just isn't. And from my understanding, even Netflix, who is a juggernaut of a subscription service, usually is losing money from subscriptions, basically. Like, they just aren't making their money there. They make it through other means. And I think because they're a stock, like, people can buy Netflix, and that's where they're actually making money. Or something like that. I don't understand how any of that works. That is not my area of expertise by any means. But my understanding is Netflix as a... If it was simply making money off of subscriptions and then what they have to pay to have the movies on the service that we subscribe for, do not make any money doing that. They are losing money. And HBO Max is going to do the same. And these are big movies that would have had... I mean, you got to assume Wonder Woman would have made at least $200 million, $300 million in a normal market, not in COVID time. Um, and then you have you know, A Quiet Place to... Uh, I think is that a Paramount. 
Okay, so they're That's not even affected by that. Sorry. <clears throat> um, but The Matrix 4 oh. is going to be included. The Dune is included. <gasps> um, there's like two or three other movies that now are just not going to pop in my brain that are, are big Warner Brother releases that are now uh, going straight to home to home the home box office, actually. And uh, it's going to be a huge deal. And we like but again, Warner Brothers is also anticipating exactly that they don't want to push people to go to the theater if it's not safe. They also know that some theaters aren't open. So you already are going to have a limited availability of who can go and see these movies. And so in some ways, I am I'm on board completely. I am afraid of what this could mean for the future. though. Definitely. But I think that, I mean, there are some people who aren't going to go to the theater anyway. But I feel like, I mean, like-minded people, you know, my friends are often like-minded in a lot of ways about things anyway. But, like, would rather be in the theater, seeing it on a big screen. Bill's going to have to buy me a way bigger TV. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just nothing. It doesn't even, it doesn't even come close to like the theater experience. No. And I'm a big proponent. I I have not been to the theater. I even, I just bought Tenet on home video as much as I want to see it in the theater. I'm not comfortable going and I don't want to wait. I want to see Tenet. So I I bought it. And in fact, Matt and I are reviewing it on Tuesday um, because he hasn't seen it either. Matt's been in the same boat in, in over in the UK. Um, not able to go to the theater safely it's been open uh art he has cineworld which is the same company that owns regal so they shut down at the same time um so you know that's his local theater like regal is my local theater and so both of us are our home away from home was taken from us this year and then generally shut down for the time being and so we don't even have the choice to easily go like if i wanted to go see a movie i could drive an hour and the AMC is still open around. In fact, I got an email from AMC straight up saying, your local theater is open. Go. And I'm like, hey, no, thank you. And I'm, I appreciate you telling me that it's safe and that you're cleaning, but it's not a cleaning issue. That's what everyone's, that's such a fake part of it. Cleaning does not stop the spread because the spread is from someone Airport. coughing quickly. Exactly. Like, it doesn't matter if you've wiped down the chair every five it, seconds. Dude. Oh, No. And as soon as, like, Regal said that they were going to be selling, and I know they have to make money, but as soon as they said that they were going to be selling concessions, it was all over. Mm -hmm. I, oh. And there's no way to enforce the mask wearing once the movie starts, and that's the problem. And they won't because that's the customer is always right. Model won't allow that in our country. We've, We've made it a system where people who don't i mean look there's tons of videos of people acting like crazy people not wanting to wear masks in a store that has the right to say no mask no service just like they say no shoes no shirt no service we've been having them around boise and going Mm -hmm. into the small businesses that they claim to love and oh the economy small businesses blah 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 and i'm like then why are you not respecting their rules and respecting i Corey, i was in a, a a local store the other night and a woman not wearing a mask with her two friends who were also not wearing masks, I heard her say, I have a savior complex. She has a savior complex, implying that she feels the need to save people, but won't wear a freaking mask in public. The irony was not lost on me. Oh, I laughed out loud, Corey, when I heard her say it, because I could not help myself. I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, like, you must not understand what that is. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and again, 
she might want to help people but if you literally feel that way and you can't put a piece of fabric over your mouth to not spread a disease that has killed more people than 9-11 you don't have a savior complex you, you just sometimes feel like you should help people that's not the same thing sometimes you anyways let's let's move away from all of this talk because it's been too long a week and let's take a quick little break and when we come back we'll talk about holiday the movie of 2020 we'll be right back all righty folks we're ready to get into this super deep super complex no it's a rom-com guys it's a, i like rom-coms it's the truth i, I picked it because i knew it was a rom-com and it was around the holidays and it's december why not holiday 2020 um stars it's directed anywhere. by it's directed by john white cell who has directed such amazing films as uh -oh. uh, um big mama's like father like son that is the trilogy uh element of the big mama's series um he was a director on guiding light the uh the classic soap opera um what he direct well keep in mind those are rotating directors that is nothing um same thing with actually most tv series he's directed six episodes of girl meets world uh you know hot in cleveland i know what that is um a couple episodes of sullivan and son oh he also directed big mama's house too so he directed two of the big mama's house movies um for some reason not in his top four uh on cool. imdb so you know he's he's a journeyman director it seems like he's not an auteur he's not here to like you know um do anything amazing but he's not he's gonna he's confident he's gonna get the job done um awesome movie stars emma roberts luke bracy kristen chenoweth um there's a couple other people that are worth noting on here uh, manish dial jessica capshaw andrew bachelor who is in uh the babysitter movies on netflix that i like quite a bit um and uh yeah you know it's Jake Manley is a dude who looks like a dude, but he's not the dude that he looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like, her brother in the movie, he looks like he's super famous, but he's not the dude you initially think he is. I can't even place him. I'm like, you look like someone, but I can't think of who. And then I looked at his, like, filmography. I'm like, well, I've not seen any of these movies, so it's not you who you <laughs> look like. Um, and not to diss his movies because he's in a, he's in some big stuff. I just haven't watched any of the things he's in. Uh, he's in Midway from last year, um, which I, I don't think he's the lead by any means in that. But he's in uh, I Zombie was a CW series I never watched. He's in the Dog's Journey movies, which I cannot bring myself to watch. Um, but you know, it's all good. Um, oh, I think he was in that movie. Uh, he's in Infamous with Bella Thorne that came out like last year or this year. It came out this year. But I don't want to watch that because I don't really, you know, it's whatever. Um, anyways, this movie uh, is it, the most important thing I notice on Letterboxd is it's produced by Mick G. And if you're not familiar with who Mick G is by name, well, then you just aren't paying attention to the world, guys. Because he's a director with one name, Mick G. That's it. It's not his last name. It is literally his name. Um that's what he goes by and i can't I, I feel like he directed the babysitter uh movies but i can't find I think him you on those are credits. right i'm pretty sure i'm right it's, it's mcgee like there's only one um so uh he produced it and that's it's not a again i like the babysitter movies to be honest but he's a, he's a little bit eccentric um and uh it kind of shows this movie is it's super slight holiday um it starts at Christmas, but it is not technically a Christmas movie. It's a holiday movie. Um, 
it, it kind of feels like they had a bunch of props laying around from all the holidays. Like, hey, how can we tie them all together? Ah, what if, what if, say it with me, if when there is a holiday and you are not in a relationship, you just need a date for that day, you call it a holiday. And they're like, brilliant. We'll just cut from one holiday to the next holiday to the next holiday to the next holiday to the next holiday, the next holiday uh, with a date theme and it's like okay you know what that kind of works here's what works about this movie emma roberts is inherently a good actress she doesn't take the best movies but i find her very likable i find her humor to work and she has it she does a lot of like scream like she's an american horror story like several seasons of american horror story um she's she was in the show scream queens she's in scream four she's very good in scream four actually i think worth worthy of note but Scream 4 is not bad. It's much better than Scream 3. Scream 3 is terrible. Um, but she is in We Are the Millers, which is a very funny, I think, somewhat underrated movie with Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston and her. Um, they play and, the family, right? No. Yes. She is. She plays the the quote-unquote daughter because they're not really yeah. a family. It's like the whole – yeah. And uh, it's got the one kid who's in stuff that's scary looking. I can't uh, – Will Poulter. Um he was going to be it actually at one point he was going to be Pennywise. I'm sorry before uh scars guard got it, but um, I like her and I actually didn't realize that I thought she was as good as I do now, because I, I think she makes this movie palatable in a, what could have been an otherwise pretty terrible movie at times. Um, especially again, not a joke. They really say the word holiday a lot in this movie. It's like way too many times. Like I get that you are actually dubbing, this a holiday but they say it just an ungodly amount of times where it's like okay we get it guys maybe you should have called the movie something else because now it seems really weird that you it. keep saying it um but so i i am not familiar with luke bracy who is the male love interest in this movie i've not to my knowledge seen him in anything that i really remember i technically nope i never saw the gi joe he was in i did not see the re- the sequel um so yeah, I have not seen him in anything but Hacksaw Ridge. I have seen Hacksaw Ridge, but I don't remember him in that at all. So if he's in it, he's not the he's definitely not Andrew Garfield, and that's who I remember from Hacksaw Ridge. So, but I liked him in this. I I at first I was like I'm not sure, but by about halfway I was kind of into him, and I was cool with it. I do like rom coms. I am much much more forgiving with rom coms than a lot of people. Um, this one does hit. It does one thing that annoys me is it calls out a few rom-com tropes for no reason. Like it literally like not just like calls out the trope, but says it, the rom-coms do a, and then they don't do anything with it. They don't like you. They don't, um, Oh man, my brain is fried. I can't think of the word I want. They don't subvert it. This is like, they mentioned like rom-coms do this. They don't not do that now, which is what you would expect if they're going to call it out as stupid. They don't make any real like satirical commentary. There's no like awareness of the fact. It's almost just like, hey, I've seen that in a movie before. I'm going to throw that in here. And that's kind of a lot of what happens in this movie. There are some kind of raunchy jokes that I was a little surprised by. Um, and not like I don't think they're the worst jokes, but there was a few where I'm like, wow, really? There's a, a really great Dirty Dancing reference that I loved. I don't know how you felt about it, but I was very into that part. (laughs) Me too, right? Exactly. They hit on that. It's something I already like, and they mentioned it. So I'm like, "Ah, all right, cool. Um, And But there was a sense of sincerity to it that I liked. 
You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like they were mocking it. And even some of the cinematography very much mirrored the scene from Dirty Dancing. And I was like, all right, they did the, they did a little bit of the homework behind this. So that's cool. Azar Emma Roberts was a fan of that movie. I think she even nails a little bit of the Jennifer Grey like movements um, in that sequence. And I was like, wow, there's some there's some artistry here that I was not expecting uh, in this movie. And uh, overall, I thought it was fine. Um, I said a lot. Corey, what, what, what did you think? I thought she was a little much at the beginning. She was a little annoying, actually. Um, I don't know. The character or the performance? Maybe both. Okay. Uh, just like the way she's talking when she initially gets to her family's house on Christmas. Um, it's just like, whoa, pull back. Um, calm down a little. Yeah. I mean, it. I wasn't going into this movie expecting a lot. It was no. fine. And that's just it, right? It's fine. There is, I, I really, I don't know why I didn't try to like look into, because there's a lot of movies. Like again, Sound of Metal came out and um, there's uh, Rebecca, mm-hmm. which is another Netflix movie. To be fair, haven't heard great things about Rebecca, but it's got a director who we both have liked uh, some of his stuff, Ben Wheatley. Um, it has two stars that we both very much like, Army Hammer and uh, Lily James. And it's a remake of a Hitchcock film that we've done on this podcast. Why didn't I pick that? I kind of just wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah, I feel like also we watched some heavy movies last month. You know, I feel like we always seem to find our way to those. (laughs) I don't know what that says about us. But um, I feel like this was a, you know what I mean? I I don't know if I'll go back to watch it. It's not going to make its rotation, make its way into my like Christmas rotation. It's not one that I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so fun or it was so funny. Um, I can't wait to watch it again, but it was fine. It it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, there's some loose ends and there's some definitely, it's one of those, it suffers from like writing where they they clearly wanted to do some more stuff but then they they wrote themselves out of those things maybe because the time moves too quickly um there's some characters that are definitely severely underdeveloped and we just get like glimpses of them we kind of have the traditional like rom-com we have the main couple that we're hoping get together and then there's the uh the side couples that kind of are the parallels you know like what happens if you rush into a marriage what happens if you avoid marriage and like it's supposed to be kind of showing her the ghost of christmas present ghost of christmas future kind of situations you know like if you make this choice this is what your life is going to be like and that's fine that's again it's there's a lot of tropes that this movie pulls and again makes reference to a few and it, it literally does nothing with um i guess you know, let's get to spoilers real fast. I, I don't think we're going to stay on spoilers for very long because there's not, not a whole lot to get into. But let's just, for safety's sake, we're going to go from spoilers. Corey? Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about holiday <laughs> in great detail. You have been warned. So we get all the holidays. Uh, we get, it starts at Christmas, it goes to New Year's, which is their first official date. And I think where the uh, Dirty Dancing scene happens, yes. um, which is great. Also, it's probably the best scene in the movie. Yeah, I was like... You know, they're talking about how fun this big party sounds, and I'm just thinking about how awful it sounds, and that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all those people, I don't know. Oh, yeah. This is pre-COVID time, apparently, in this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, when we first meet him, he's at his 
like it's not even his girlfriend it's like a girl's invited him to her family's christmas and he's like agreed because he doesn't want to be alone and then like there's a lot of awkward like encounters with the parents and um like that's where it's some raunchy comments about like, yes! sexuality i was like wow that was i was expecting that so early into this movie like uh for her like, to say the thing she said what did john make me watch i was i don't remember exactly what happened uh i, I actually got kathy to watch this with me um i did oversell it as a christmas movie because the poster has a christmas tree and it does start at christmas but it quickly it never comes back to christmas which i also was a little disappointed i thought they would end at christmas again you know because it, it, it goes through the full year it seemed like it did though because they had like the choir and stuff in the mall i guess that's true well it was it was thanksgiving right like because santa oh. shows up at thanksgiving um because that's what the fight happens because he's not going to come to thanksgiving or whatever like yeah. she tells him not to um and I, I guess you're right, but I, I guess I expected them to be at like the family's Christmas event, and we don't get that. We just get the montage of uh, pictures and postcards and stuff from like the future holidays. Um, and her whole her declaration speech is a little meh, I guess at the end. Um, and but it you know it's oh, I like her, I liked him. I actually did want them to get together. Um, I thought it was great that he's the one who gets feelings though. Yes. More. Um. And that he's like really, really hurt after they have sex. Like, and she's like, okay, bye. And he's like, whoa, whoa. I thought that was, that was probably the most like innovative thing that they did in this movie was like make him the one who like gets hurt and not the other way around. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was rambling. Go ahead. There, that, that was some of the funnier scenes too, was him talking with this friend about it. And they're like, no, no, you can't catch feelings. You can't catch feelings. And then his friend's like, what? You know, like. Well, you need to tell her. It was like a complete 180. Which, again, is kind of a writing mistake. Like, they set up the, the, the stereotype of the guy who's like, oh, you don't need a girl. And then they he did switch with no real rhyme or reason. It's like, well, he could have always have been like that, right? Like, he could have always been the sensitive guy. And that probably would have played better at the beginning. Um, but, again, that's this movie is not... It's just a series of things that they hope are going to make you laugh a little bit. It's, I will say this, and I said this to a student. I didn't think through the how raunchy this movie gets. Again, there's no nudity or anything. It's just verbal raunchiness. But um, it does. Uh, it, it. I think this is substantially better than the Kissing Booth or the Kissing Booth Two. Just to like the Netflix bar for rom coms is very low for me. Because I've sat through both Kissing Booth movies, and I think those are are horrible in almost every way. Like, I I don't think the performances are good. I think the character writing is horrible in those movies. Uh, The best example will always be the star athlete who wants to go to Harvard to play football and is is shown repeatedly being a moron and no way he would have got into Harvard is just like the worst developed. Anyways, this movie's better than that. So if you're a fan of Kissing Booth, then you'll probably like this movie too, because at least this movie is somewhat consistent, um, and it's less plotty. Like, the, man, the plot in the Kissing Booth is so stupid, but this is—it's very straightforward. They meet. I actually like their meet cute at the the returning pants at the store that they're the, uh, at. Um, I found especially because he says car keys. I swear he says car keys, right? Like not khakis. He's like, I have car keys. Um, I'm like, what? Um, 
but yeah, uh, it's funny that he he kept the gift from the girl who bought him several pairs of car keys. Um, but uh, sorry. Um, I like I like New Year's. Uh, they do Easter. I actually love the shot of the kids running up the hill to get all the Easter eggs, though. Yeah, because they make it feel like it's like a epic war battle. Like these kids are coming. Dude, um, kids are brutal. Yeah, and it doesn't really make any sense to the context of the sequence. Now that I think about it, it's just a cool shot, and then it's just like, all right, we're at Easter. It's like, oh yeah, all right. So nothing really happens with the Easter egg hunt, I guess, but. Cause they don't get like beat up or anything over it. He's not, he's not also hunting the Easter egg. You know what I'm saying? There's no real reason for us to see that shot other than Easter, you know, like again, it's a cool shot. It looks great, but it's just there for, for a visual, I guess it doesn't really pay off or anything. And I think that's kind of the movie for the most part. Um, It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff. uh, Things happen. I thought she was going to end up with the doctor because of the setup of her saying like you know they meet and they don't have anything to come and they end up together it's like well either you're setting up what's going to happen in this movie which is kind of lame or you're setting up for the obvious subversion which they weren't so it's just like okay uh i guess that's what we did um yeah so i don't know i haven't seen a whole lot of kristen chenoweth but i did Mm -hmm. love her in pushing daisies Hmm. from five million years ago she was in love with the pie maker her name was Olive. Um, I, oh, go ahead. I I have not seen Pushing Daisies. That's a, a show that's been on my radar for a while. I love it. It's um, only two seasons. Uh, yeah, which is why I've, I've been apprehensive. Because I heard it doesn't end, right? Like, it, it, it got canceled without the ending. Yeah, I think so. It's been a while since I've watched it. But I really, 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 really liked it. I really liked Lee Pace. Um, yeah. But I thought she was pretty funny in this movie. She was uh, like this is the, the second. Oh, sorry. She was like though. This is what happens if you don't settle down. <laughs> story. Yes. Yes. Um, I I like her generally. She was also a voice in the witches this year. Oh. Um, the which we just watched for uh, Bamp a couple months ago. Um, and she's in she's she's in a lot of stuff. She's a she singer too. I did not know that. Um, I think it's like jazz I, or something. Well, she's uh, also on a couple of the, the Hallmark Christmas movies that um, Kathy likes. So I've seen her in a few of those. And then uh, she's in Four Christmases, a Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon Christmas movie from several years ago, which is okay. I don't love it. It's not one of my favorites. It kind of stresses me out because it's it's more of a, you know, not what we thought kind of like situation where like we think we have this perfect situation going on, but really we're covering up for how we really feel about things and it's more of like a sad, stressful Christmas movie, I and I don't like that. Um, and uh, it's not even that it's bad. I, I like Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon enough where I can watch it and, and enjoy moments, but it overall stresses me out. Um, where this movie didn't stress me out. I got to say that. Like I, That's part of what I liked about it. It, it, it is light fare. It is very much uh, exactly what you expect it to be. Um, it's funny enough. And again, I did, I did like Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey enough that I wanted them to get together. And so, you know, they achieved. I would like to see her get some better movies. I saw a uh, a festival at Tribeca two years ago. She was in a movie with, um, the kid from, uh, Sky High. Um, I always forget his name, but, um, I'm not going to remember the name of the movie now. In a relationship, it's called in a relationship. Um, 
with uh, Michael Angarano. Um, and again, it wasn't a bad movie. I really liked her in it, but overall the movie was just like, meh. And I'd love to see something where I'm like, oh, this, not only is she getting to show her talent, but the script and the movie are like really great. And I have not seen that from her really at all. Again, I do like um, Scream 4 much more than I thought I would. I definitely wrote that off. I've not seen Palo Alto though. And I bet you that's the movie that I need to watch with her. I think I've heard really good things about Palo Alto. Um, has a 69 Metascore, so that's that's good. But I bet you that's like her big performance. Oh, and it's a Coppola. It's not Sofia Coppola. It's Gia Coppola. Mm. I did not. I have not seen any of her movies. Um, she's directed a couple of things. Um, but I think I've heard mostly good things about Palo Alto. That's going to be a goal now to to give Emma Roberts. That's probably her best. Um, movie would be my guess. Because I, I do... Oh, she was in Hotel for Dogs? I never actually watched that. Uh, Taylor liked that movie as a kid, though. Oh. Um, and I guess she was in Aquamarine in the Nancy Drew movie from 2007, which I did not see either of those, but I'm familiar with them because I had a kid who was very young. And so um, those were, like, it's potential movies. James Franco short story collection. Hello, Alton. What? Oh, Interesting. Oh, okay. I knew Franco was attached to it, so that makes sense, actually. Yeah, he, there's the book. And he's in it, um, so that makes sense, too. Oh, Nat Wolf's in it, also. Yeah, I really do need to check this out. Val Kilmer's in this? What? That's weird, because he, he kind of retired at one point. Um, yeah, I need to check that movie out, see how it is. Um, although, I'm not a big James Franco fan. I don't know if that's been talked about on the oh, podcast, but I think... I think everybody knows. Ah, yeah, not not my favorite. Um, I like Dave Franco though. That's the funny thing. I I tend to enjoy Dave. In fact, I I just realized she did a movie I like called Nerve with Dave Franco. Mm. Um, that I constantly forget she's in. Uh, but she's the lead in that. I really like that movie. That movie was a, a movie I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. Still not perfect. The ending gets a little wonky, but I enjoyed the movie as as a whole. Um, so yeah. And that's kind of the same as Holiday. It's it's fine. It's totally enjoyable if you like rom-coms. If you don't like rom-coms, you're probably going to absolutely hate this movie because it will draw... It, if, you, if you hate the formulaic, tropey elements of rom-coms, that's what this movie is totally relying on you enjoying. And so it's not for everybody, but it's completely fine. Uh, again, not bad, completely palatable, an easy watch and that's the thing it was kathy didn't wasn't in the mood for anything serious i wasn't in the mood for anything serious it, it was just the right kind of palate cleanser to a hell of a bad year um just like ah fine it's fine it's completely fine and that's right now kind of high praise yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's it is what it we is. made it if you want something great awesome art check out sound of metal on prime if you're looking for something light and easy check out holiday on netflix it's fine yeah that's my i'm not even going to give it a different i'm just going to say it's the fine rating new rating for 2020 <laughs> it's fun i'm going to go with a decent watch oh okay that's probably what i would have gone yeah. with too. so but i'm going to go with the trying it's fine um and that's our review of holiday listeners we somehow managed to get 51 minutes out of this i don't, I don't know, know how. uh because it didn't feel like because we were done with the what we were watching at like 15 minutes so we we the talk about theaters and then this somehow we managed to squeak out plenty of content so we will be back next week 
with our final review of 2020. Uh, we are watching, oh my goodness, one that I've already seen, but Corey hasn't, and that's exciting. Corey, you want to reveal what it is? Oh my god, I don't know. I don't have my phone up. Oh, it's Bill and Ted Face oh, the Music. Yes. So I need to watch the other ones. I watched Bill and Ted. Wait. Hold on, what? Have you never seen them? I have, but it's been a while. Oh, okay. So I watched the first one. I th- I'm so bad with time, and even worse this year. But I feel like it was like six or more months ago, maybe? Mm. So I just feel like I need to... And I don't even remember. I think I was that your first time. No, oh, I saw okay. it Sorry. when I was a kid. But I am a big fan of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, I've only seen the first one. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I've only seen the first one many times. I've seen the second one a couple of times. I'm trying um, to remember what this was about. Cause bogus journey. They die and they they meet the Grim Reaper. Oh, yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That was like the best one sentence synopsis where I knew exactly what was going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was perfect. I, my, the best part of that movie is the scenes with the Grim Reaper. I love those sequences. And it's also a play on. Did we do Seventh Seal for this podcast? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Those where the, the guy's playing chess with. Yep. Yeah, he's playing chess with death. That that. Bo's journey is riffing on that movie, and oh. that's what's so amazing because that is like no no one who's watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey has seen Seven Seal at the time that movie came out. Like, there's no way those audiences crossed over. So, for me, as when I realized that later, I was like, "Hey, that's this movie has death playing games like in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey." Oh, and, and um, that re- I love those reverse realizations where you see the one first that was clearly inspired by the other, uh, because again. But that's one of the things I love about Bill and Ted's movies. I think they are are underrated in many ways. I think the first one is really great. And the thing I love most about Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure is the sheer optimism that comes out of that movie. And that is what I think you, listener, and Corey will find if you watch Bill and Ted Face the Music. We needed a, a happy, upbeat comedy with a little bit of time travel and two dudes that just love everybody. And we got it with bill and ted's face music so i can't wait to revisit it i had a blast when i watched it earlier this summer um i'm looking forward to seeing it again so next week we'll be back with our review of that in the meantime we'd love to hear from you you can reach out to us on social media Corey, where can they find you at Corey r star two r's on the end and i am at burkreviews.com and burke reviews on all the social medias um if you like what we're doing here we ask that you take two minutes and rate and review the podcast Tell people what you think, and that way, if they want a good movie podcast and you think we're a good movie podcast, they can come to us and listen to us and hear the things we have to say, and, you know, it's all good. We appreciate it. In the meantime, have a happy, happy holiday, and mask up if you're going anywhere. Please, six feet apart, guys. We're almost through this. We're so, so close. Keep it safe, and most importantly, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast, burkereviews.com.